Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Corner 3 of Season 2. We are here. Season 2, it's pretty great. My name is Bailey. And I'm Andy. And this is the Corner 3. We're here with the second season. We were supposed to be here a couple weeks ago. <laughs> um, we, we tried recording our first episode of the podcast, but it didn't quite go our way, did it, Andy? Wah, wah. Yeah. A few technical difficulties, and we kind of just scrapped it. So here we are now bringing you this first episode, which is actually, it works out, because Andy, we're on a whole new day now. We're doing this on Fridays. This this goes out on Fridays now. Thank God it's Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Mainly, that that, that phrase was was made for the corner three. Yeah. Uh, Just ignore the fact that it existed, like, many, many years before... This, and and if you didn't get to listen to the first episode, just rest assured it was probably just an it was an amazing episode, and it's going to kick off for an amazing season. Yes, exactly. Take or the fact that maybe it wasn't the greatest episode, but now we're warmed up, we're yeah. ready to go. We already have one episode in us. We're we've worked through the uh, everything else. We're we're pretty solid, except for the fact that I didn't put my phone on silent. Ooh. Little things that we got to work out here and there. But it's pretty good. Andy, what are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about... We're going to hit some highlights of what we talked about last week um, as we're talking about what we're excited about for the season. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, a couple takes that we had going into week one. And now we're a couple weeks into the NBA season, see how it's working out. Uh, We're going to, like I said, brush on some teams we're excited about still. Uh, some teams maybe we're a little down on and, and revisit a couple of takes that were yep. maybe a little too hot. No, all of our takes in that first episode were 100% accurate. <laughs> exactly so far. right. We actually, <laughs> we're on point. Our prediction was was we did a, a podcast on the records and we got all of them 100% Everything correct. Everything was perfectly yeah. right. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I told you very specifically that the Heat were going to be the number one seed. I'm, I'm pretty sure I said See, that. See, the issue is that you say that every year, so. <laughs> <laughs> I had to be right one of these times. Yeah. It was bound to happen. So so let's just kick it off. What? Uh, let's go with the Heat. I know you're, you're dying Ooh. to talk about the Heat. Yes. You were high on them going into the season. That's not I a was. I was super excited. And not just because I'm a Heat fan, okay? Like, mm-hmm. I understand that... Um, you know, I don't want to be as super biased, but we all know that I'm a Heat fan and mm-hmm. that I was excited about this season, and mainly because of having watched them in preseason and uh, watching how smooth the offense operated with yeah. Kyle Lowry in it. Granted, it was preseason, but now we're seeing it in in full action, and they're six and one, and I yeah. think that's a direct reflection on the amazing pace of the offense. Um, and just how much Kyle Lowry is making it easier on his teammates to score. And I think we see, uh, again, that's directly reflected with Jimmy Butler. So so far, at least having an MVP caliber year, uh, Bam Adebayo at least an all-star so mm-hmm. far this year. Yeah, we're only seven games in, but it's looking pretty good. Yeah. You know what's funny is in, in the first podcast, what we talked about was was a take on, on Tyler Hero saying he belonged in the conversation with guys like Trey Young, That's Luka Doncic, and Ja Morant. Yep. <laughs> and we made fun of it a lot. But And I'm not saying that he does belong in the conversation. I think you know seven yeah. games in a season is <laughs> right. is, is a little early. But but what do you see from him so far that you that you like? So far, he's looking like a good six-man-of-the-year candidate, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Like He's the second or third leading scorer on the team, which is pretty fantastic. Uh, you know, you thought... 
that his scoring was kind of a fluke in the preseason or that it wasn't as hard of defense in the preseason or anything mm-hmm. like that. But, man, he's going at it, and he's trying to back up his comments. He's not, no, yeah. is he still, <laughs> he's still not Luca or, or uh, Trey level, but um, he's trying to back it up and show that, that he's out here. Yeah, I think, I mean, he's averaging, I think, about 20, mid-20s, yeah. little low to mid-20s low, yeah. a game. And, and a couple a couple dimes, a couple boards with that. I think oh, yeah. if, you know, obviously seven games into the series season, but, you know, he might get put in that, that young guard tier uh, by the end of the season if he keeps it up for the whole year. Like, he's looking good. You, I think everyone's, that's the good thing about the Heat right now is everyone's playing well together. They have good chemistry. Each player's playing really good. I think that big, they said the big three of, yeah. of Bam, uh, Jimmy and uh, Lowry and Lowry or no I think they're at Hero Hero was uh, oh, I saw wow. one thing with Hero yeah okay it's looking good they they got some young players and that, that's the exciting thing too is that they got this gel and they're only going to get better because they have quite a few real good young pieces mm-hmm. definitely I'm I'm super excited about it uh, now to head back to you and your takes Ooh. you you were rather op- optimistic about the Mavs uh, coming into this season mm-hmm. and in particular I think I remember you were specifically excited <laughs> about the impact that you felt Porzingis would have yeah. uh how are you feeling now he, he's had quite an impact on the team uh, <laughs> mainly well, by the lack of his presence okay, uh, I was gonna ask what yeah not the same impact you were referring not to. an impact on the court as I was yeah. per se hoping um no yeah uh a couple things I'm disappointed about you like we said before the podcast they're tied for third seed right now they're five and three but the wins that they've had just look pretty awful mm, yep Luka Doncic is still going to be Luka Doncic, and we talked before the pod and saying that, I mean, he's he's going to get him to the playoffs. This is, with a third or fourth year, Luka, you're an automatic playoff contender. But the rest of the team looks horrendous. Mm. The first couple games, I know we have to allow them to get used to a new system, but under kids' offense looked really bad. Yikes. They, they looked like they were forcing shots. They weren't taking what the defense was giving them. Um, I know some an impact that they had going or an idea they had going into the season was to get the ball in everybody else's hands as well. Uh, and a few games in, they realized that was an awful idea because you have Luka Doncic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, because as another team, you want the ball out of Luka's hands. So, and Mavs are missing open shots. They're five and three, but they look like they should be three and five. Mm-hmm. That's my take so far into it. Yeah. Uh, I I'll admit I haven't been watching too much of the Mavs, but uh, I can say the few clips here and there I have seen definitely seem to be missing that offensive rhythm as you as you said. Mm. Hopefully that it just uh, takes a little bit of time for kids' offense to and his system to work its way through, build up that chemistry. But it's also I, I don't know what your thoughts are on it. It feels like an oddly put together team. It doesn't feel like it's a team that was put together with like, oh, we have this person with these strengths, this mm-hmm. person with those. It's just like, okay, so we have Luca, and we have four other guys that know how to play basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really rough. And uh, there's the decisions on who to play is mind-boggling to me. Mm. Uh, Dwight Powell is not an NBA <laughs> starter. And, he, and he's consistently shown that through his entire career. Why would you yeah. choose a starter? I have no idea. When we have players like... Moses Brown, who 
is he great yet? No, but the flashes that he showed with the Thunder last year True. were awesome. Like he his per thirty six minutes were like numbers for that were just amazing. And it's like he's not getting any minutes. Um we signed uh Reggie Bullock and he he is barely played, he's not in the starting lineup. Um, and there's a couple other players that's like, they're playing good, but they're just not in the starting lineup. And it's, and it's yeah. pretty confusing. Dwight Powell has got to be the biggest one. That's just like, he, he's clogging the post. He makes the, the offense run sluggish. So it's like, he's got to get out of there. I think if they get him out of there and get a capable center in, then I think that they can get that offensive rhythm back. But until mm-hmm. then, man. Yeah. I was definitely looking, looking not fantastic but like you said you're going to be a playoff team yeah. so hopefully you got a long season and you hope that they can work some of those kinks out um get things running a little more smoothly yeah. uh what are some of the other teams that we looked at we thought were pretty exciting i remember we talked pretty extensively about chicago chicago is the team i was gonna just bring up yeah i i was very high in chicago and still am high in chicago they're looking fun to watch man they they're a blast to watch they have so much Man, they got so much offense jam packed in there. You got Demar Derozan, you got Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, Vucevic. It looks great. My hot take. I, I I'm gonna say this again. I'm gonna reestablish this hot take that I took in week one. I think Lonzo Ball can average a triple double this year. Ooh, and that's a lot. That's the saying a lot. That's, that's a lot. You know, averaging a triple double. I think he can get close. I'm not saying a 30 point triple double, but I think he's gonna get close to averaging a triple double this year with low low double digit scoring kind of like a Draymond Green where he's you know 10 8 and 8 or something like that possibly yeah. can we talk about DeMar DeRozan looking like the DeMar DeRozan of Toronto what was happening in San Antonio I feel bad for that man cuz now he is going off this is I think that was my biggest question mark with that team yeah. was like yeah you have a lot of fun players a lot of a lot of fast heavy offensive players uh but DeMar DeRozan, is he, can he reach those same levels? Is yeah. he the star, still the star that we knew he, he was? And man, has he been really, I think, leading this team to, to what it, to reaching its potential. Oh, absolutely. I, it's kind of funny when you see a player leave a team and maybe it was just their specific fit, but it's interesting to see it's, and you wonder like, you know, obviously we put Greg Popovich as one of the best coaches of all time, you know, mm-hmm. um, but then you wonder too. It's like, ah, is that system or that is that coach? Is that dragging yeah. the player down? You yeah. know. And then you start to think about like players like Lamarcus Aldridge that was there, mm-hmm. and you know, is really being on that team reaching your full potential, or is it actually holding you back a little? No, that is rough. I don't. I don't want to get into my Popovich rant. Okay. <laughs> right now, We're not I, I don't know if we've talked about it before. I know I've I've said it to many many of our friends that it just doesn't feel. Like he, you know, the NBA has continued to evolve into what it is today and with so much importance put on the three-point shot um, and free throws, things like this, which has changed a little bit with free throws. We'll talk about that. Yeah. But uh, with with those things having changed, but Popovich hasn't changed his system. Mm-hmm. One of the best coaches in the, in the NBA history, yes, but he has showed reluctance into changing his system to fit the modern-day NBA, and it's clearly not working for him. And, and I think... The fact that DeRozan, if he keeps this up all season, um, can can really show the issues with that. Yeah, I think so, and that makes me excited about some of these 
you know, you always see these young players that we think are trapped in a bad franchise. And could the Spurs be one of those? I don't know. You know, we're talking about like Jonte Murray. You know, if he was with a different team, eventually, what, where would where would he be at? Because if oh, he's yeah. killing it with the Spurs, right, right, right. What's the level what's of play his at? potential? Yeah, what what could he really reach? Yeah. Um, so enough. We we talked about the the Bulls a little bit, which we're just super excited on. I think I'd put them in my top five of league pass teams this year, like teams that you oh, yeah. want to watch for sure, that are fun to watch. Um, so they, I think that's the thing is that they're they're a good team, which is nice, but they're also just extremely fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the the ultimate thing. It reminds you of those days uh, before the Warriors were winning so many championships in a row that you didn't want to watch them anymore because you were mm-hmm. tired of seeing them in the finals. Um, those days of when you know you just loved to watch the Warriors because of how they play ba- played basketball and what they could achieve that nobody else was doing at the time. Yeah. Um, and the Bulls are are that team now of man you just want to watch them because they're fun to watch speaking of yes uh it's not 2016 anymore but don't look now the warriors (laughs) are six and one (laughs) crazy without clay thompson without clay thompson yeah like this is and and largely unchanged team largely unchanged from last year uh so the fact that we're i mean we had a free agency edition of iguodala um but no other like major acquisitions that come to mind that have really had a major impact on this team. And they're without Clay Thompson, and they're still they're, uh, right back at it. And it's been uh, catching quite a few people off guard, putting the league back on notice. Yeah. I know Jordan Poole's been, been pretty good for him, but yeah, they, they've been, I, I've, I've been surprised. I've been pleasantly surprised with how, how well the Warriors are doing. Which is scary for when Clay Thompson comes back, especially if he comes back with right and being anything close to a, exactly. what Clay Thompson. That's is. all you need is just <laughs> a if, fraction. <laughs> if you get a seventy percent Clay Thompson, which you know, I think it's realistic to say which, that could possibly happen. Which is probably what Clay Thompson is at right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think if you put Clay Thompson out there right now, they might be the best <laughs> in the league. <laughs> um, they look good. They look really good. I feel like a the the rosters that we see this year is kind of what I was hoping for last year, where we just see a lot of teams that look like, wow, this could make things very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think the NBA the past couple of years has been more balanced than it's been in a while. You know, last year we saw two fresh teams in the in the finals. Could we see that again this year? I certainly hope so. Uh, and I mean, uh, not to totally side rail if you had more to talk about no, no, go ahead. Golden State, but I'm thinking... We've been talking about some of the teams we were excited to buy and things like that. Some of the teams, you know, we, we kind of left out. We were super excited our first week about uh, all these other teams. And the two teams we didn't mention were the two teams in the finals, the Suns mm-hmm. and the, yeah. the Bucks, because all these other teams went out, made these free agency acquisitions, uh, seemed to get a lot better. Uh, but the But both Milwaukee and Phoenix stayed relatively the same. And now we're seeing both teams sitting at 500. Yeah. Things aren't looking so great. Giannis jokingly jo- <laughs> jokingly mentioning that they're uh, getting ready to tank for the for the <laughs> first pick this year but um again it's a lot it's an 82 game season there's a lot of a lot of basketball left to be played but any thoughts on uh how those teams are looking how they're doing this year so far it's early in the season um but i think we're seeing a lot of teams that were very good last year be very average to very bad this year um, I wonder too. I I don't know if you 
are things going to level out as it gets throughout the season? Are they, are they adjusting to chemistry? Or are we seeing kind of a change in where players that we think are great, you know, are getting older at this point where they start kind of going downhill a little bit? I'm, I'm mainly talking about the Lakers there because you know, they're also not doing phenomenal, not as much as adding a, a player like they thought of a caliber of Russ that they thought he would do. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, for the Suns, they're six games in, which is really hard to judge off of. Um, but I wonder what my question mark last year was, was this the, the peak that we'll see of Chris Paul last year in the finals? Because mm-hmm. we know he was, he was the guy for them, in my opinion, last year. Just the, the really motivating force, and he's getting older. So if he can't be the Chris Paul of last year, then I think the Suns are in trouble. Right. Um, the things that strike me with the Bucks, you see that what stands out the most to me is they're they're one and three at home, mm. and three and one on the road. Which you're coming from a place you the Bucks just won the NBA championship. Mm-hmm. That should be it. Already was one of the loudest stadiums to try to play in. Yeah. Um. And a hostile environment for a way for road teams to come into and try to play. So that should be even more amped up, right? After having just winning a championship and trying to back that up. So you, you would expect to see for that to, to be a difficult place to play in, but they're not, they're not being able to finish it at home because the, the, their wins have been, uh, you know, winning by 10 or more yeah. really most of their wins but then they're getting blown out in their losses uh so it, it's it's kind of a story of hot and cold uh which is interesting to see the suns uh like you said it as we saw the impact what changed the suns was chris paul mm-hmm. so what the barometer for keeping them at either the top of the league or circling around that is going to be his level of play all day he's the one that uh he's the floor general if things aren't running smoothly with him then devin booker's not a point guard man devin booker's a scorer yeah so so keeping that in mind talking about some teams that like we see teams getting better so somebody's got to get worse right you know at least in (laughs) that's fair at least in record all right i'm gonna i'm gonna give you 10 teams from the west okay that i think are the top team 10 teams in the west and i want you to take two out Who's going to miss the playoffs? Mm-hmm. All right. Jazz, Warriors, Mavericks, Grizzlies, Lakers, Nuggets. Uh, the Kings are up there now. I'm not going to say I'll say Kings. <laughs> Suns, <laughs> Suns, Clippers, Trailblazers. Actually, take out the Kings still in the Timberwolves because the Timberwolves got a pretty tough. Okay, because I was going to say the Kings are the easy Kings one to throw, <laughs> throw out. Um, I think the first pick will be will be easy to take out, but but then the second is, is kind of tough. Hmm. If you have the standings there, it's the top top eleven there, minus the Kings. I would throw out the Timberwolves. Yeah, because for whatever reason, they just they can't seem to utilize all their their pieces. Because the on paper they have a good team. Oh, they have an amazing team on paper, and uh, similar to the Bulls, that should be an exciting team to watch. You have uh, D'Lo and Cat. Like those two players alone, you see that you should be excited. About and they're them. not, and that's not even their best player right now. I, I could argue that Anthony Edwards is is their best player. Exactly. 
who's been great for my fantasy team this year. <laughs> He's awesome. Great pickup. Um, but yeah, this, so it, it's something, I don't know, organizationally or coaching system, whatever it is, that's just not firing at all, just not clicking for them, that I would say they're the easiest one for me to toss out. That, yeah, I, I would agree. I think it's an easy one. Now, now give me one more. From there, it gets difficult. That's super tough. I think I've got to go with, just for the sake of, I mean, recent history, uh, watching them, and I think they made a bad decision firing their coach. The only one that I can think of right now that I throw out is Portland. Because Memphis Memphis looks fun to watch, too. John Morant's going out. He's having an amazing year three. Exactly. Super excited about watching him this year. But Portland, I think, made a huge mistake when they fired Terry Stotts, um, who had – did he only miss – I forget how many out of his entire years. Like, he made more uh, playoff seasons than he missed yeah. as their coach uh, and did very well. <laughs> uh, had one season marred by pretty significant injuries, I think, with C.J. McCollum yeah. uh, and a couple other players and – they fired him because they missed the playoffs, and ever since then, things haven't been the same. So uh, I would say I, I got to throw out Portland out of that mix. Yeah, I, and which is tough, which is tough. I, I think you mentioned the Grizzlies. Like we said, we they look awesome this year. Mm-hmm. But I think they would be the team in years past that you'd like, maybe they'd be in the play-in or... Well, the Grizzlies, Grizzlies used to be that team that would uh, throw in the upset every now and then. That's yeah. when they were like uh, beating the Spurs. <laughs> they take out the Spurs randomly in in the playoff series, stuff like that. But um, yeah, I'll let you finish your thought. They're they're looking fun. Yeah, no, which is interesting about Portland. You said with with you know getting rid of a coach and and really how much impact that has on a team. I want to take a special moment <laughs> for a little PSA. I know it's early on in the season. Rick Carlisle, if you're listening, the Mavs are sputtering and the Pacers are three and six. We can just forget that you left. You can come back <laughs> and we can win the NBA championship together. Okay. that's a little, I was on board with you until you <laughs> said win together. Yeah. Uh, we think that's we can go to the playoffs together. We can win the first round together. How about that? Oh yeah, let's go for that. Yeah, <laughs> as long as we can win a playoff round. <laughs> yeah, we can win a wa- round in the playoffs. Bases are three and six. Just, just leave. Come back to us, please. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about. You see how how much of that system a, a coach can be a great coach, but if if his system doesn't work for the players around him, yeah, it's just you're gonna be uh you're going to be spinning your tires the whole time. Yeah. Um, Philadelphia 76ers are 6 and 2 without wow. Ben Simmons. Wow. I think goes against anything that any of us predicted so far this season. I think so. Which I think why is it's so important while they're a great team right now. Get some value out of Ben Simmons. Trade him for something, right? He's just sitting there. Surely surely they've had at least a offer of a very solid probably starter i would guess oh yeah. or six man bare minimum and probably a first round pick or two i have to imagine that that's an offer that they've gotten on the table so far that they no doubt declined yeah obviously uh, declined yeah definitely declined. <laughs> <clears throat> i think we talked about last week trade with the pacers the pacers trade is beautiful yes if you can get uh was a malcolm brogdon away from them and another starter 
and you add that to this Philly team right now, you're looking good. You're looking real good. Uh, but I'm, I'm impressed regardless. Uh, they're doing good this year. They're, they're impressing me. And to be fair, it's not like uh, Ben Simmons was their only star that they had. I mean, you had um, who was the leading MVP candidate until he got injured, which yeah. was Joel Embiid. Uh, you still have Tobias Harris, who's only a couple years removed from being an all-star. Yeah. Back when we thought uh, the four-headed monster of Embiid, Simmons, Butler, and Harris was going to lead them to a championship, only to be halted by a uh, bouncing around the rim Kawhi fadeaway. Yeah. But uh, this isn't a team, a bad team by any means. They They've got a lot going for them, and... You could see uh, a lot of potential in this team. Hopefully, uh, for both parties, we talked about a lot about the Simmons uh, situation. Mm-hmm. I don't want we don't got to repeat everything that we said. I just hope for both parties that they just finally trade him for something. Yeah, just to end the saga. It's it's better for your team. He clearly doesn't want to play there. Yeah. Um. And, and honestly, who can blame him? Your fan base doesn't want him there. He doesn't want to be there. Just just trade him yeah it's not good for the player it's not good for business trade him you don't want to set a precedent for the league i get it but how often do you have a situation where the fans literally tried to run the player out Mm -hmm. of town (laughs) yeah it's a tough situation he does not want to be there and as a basketball player you can say uh, you know as a player it's like i'll suck it up but as a person it's like yeah i understand too yep, exactly <laughs> yeah it's like ah that really i wouldn't want i wouldn't want to play in philadelphia no <laughs> i wouldn't want to play in philadelphia at all and, and then I, I i don't want to um insensitively make light out of the matter um but him holding out playing for mental health reasons which can be understandable for sure take care of his mind and his body but um then for it to be released that he was turning down the help of uh, the 76ers for his mental health. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. Um, but what's their, what's their mental health technique going to be like, Oh, and everything will be fine. If you just come to practice, yeah. you just play with the team, <laughs> put your mind to rest. It's not, <laughs> you know, what is a really relaxing problem. exercise shooting threes uh, <laughs> <laughs> over and over <laughs> until you can hit them 40% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're awful. Yeah. These are, they're awful. They're awful people. Philadelphia is awful. <laughs> He's just sobbing shooting threes. <laughs> Uh, again, not to be insensitive, but yeah. Which, uh, we're glad he's taking care of that. Speaking <laughs> of shooting a basketball, have you seen the reports coming on with, you know, they changed the ball this year? Mm, I have this not. Ball. This is news take a, to Take me. a look into Please that. There's a league-wide dip in shooting percentage. Paul George came out to talk about it and says because they changed the ball. Did they act like, did the league say that they changed the ball or the players like, no, no it's they went must from, have changed uh, it? It's kind of like a baseball conser- conspiracy. It changed brands. Oh, snap. It's a full change in the My ball. My goodness, how am I so behind the we times? Uh, That's a major it, change. It didn't, it didn't come up in the news as much as I thought it would be. It's kind of a falling under the radar, but there's a league-wide dip in shooting percentage from three because of the new ball. And how have I not noticed that? <laughs> yeah. It's down to 34.2%. Yikes. That's the league-wide three-point shooting percentage. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. I got to imagine that they're going to address that. Just like I think in baseball, similar thing happened. They didn't change brands, but um, it was a significant drop in how many home runs or 
no, there was a significant rise in how many home runs were uh. being hit one year, and then uh, immediately the next year a significant drop yeah. in how many. And all the players were arguing that they changed the ball. So, uh, yeah, that sounds pretty significant. I gotta imagine that they'd get that figured out. The three point is so vital to the NBA today and how they're pushing that they want you to score more points. Yeah, so. I think it uh, has something to do with the, the soft touch of it, which anyone that's played with the Spalding basketball, it does have a very That's true. Very soft I do touch. remember that. Yeah, I always remember like thinking buying an actual NBA authentic basketball would be like the, the greatest feeling in the world. And then you ever play with one, you're like, how do they even hold on to this thing? There's no yeah. grip on it. It hasn't. And then um, I think what we always regularly play with is Wilson, and it definitely is a little more tacky grip on yeah. it. And yeah, I could see how that definitely throw off some guys' shots who've been in this league for ten plus years. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a major change. It'd be it'd be interesting. Um, speaking of changes coming into this season, what seems to have a pretty major effect on uh, some players this year is the officiating. We've mm-hmm. had some changes oh, in the yeah. officiating, as Let's you mentioned. You know a little bit more about it. Why don't you inform us? Yeah. So we 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 talked about it. basically some of the rule changes is against. Some of the things we've seen in the past where people are trying to draw fouls, uh, whether it's Steph Curry, Luka, or Harden, where where you see them pump fake, go for the three, and then lean into the player. So that's something that's not allowed now is is you're not allowed to initiate the contact to draw the foul. You know, get someone in the air and then and lean into them or lean backwards to try to get that contact and draw a foul. Right. So we've seen a lot of the Trey Young special, really. The Trey, yeah, <laughs> Trey Young, James Harden, really, you and know, hard. perfected it. Um, which was annoying to watch, but mm-hmm. at that time it was like, well, I mean, I guess it is the rules, you know. He's he's being smart. Yep. But then he's been frustrated going into this season. His <laughs> scoring's gone down. He's been hitting much less or getting to the line a lot less. Right. Uh, which I think is good for the league. I really do because I think the pace has improved quite a bit. I I think it would be pretty frustrating whenever we'd see that. You know, you pump fake and then. You're looking and 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 they throw themselves into the the defender and it's like, well, how do you yeah. defend against that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you put a hand up or you jump and then someone jumps into you and that's a foul, it's what like, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. So we've seen kind of a crackdown on that, which I think has almost gone to the other extreme. I've seen some some definite fouls <laughs> that have not been called, uh, but I think it's good overall. Getting a little bit back to, yes, it's safe, but but kind of nip in the bud, be like. You're not allowed to do that anymore. Yes, most definitely. And and I think you see it in the scoring, too. I think it was Draymond Green's point in an interview, um, giving props to the officiating, which, yeah, by all means, because they're uh, doing a lot better at making these calls and sticking to the rules. And you see it by how many points are scored. You don't have those 140 to 130 games um, yeah. as often anymore. We've seen it, I think, a couple times still this season, uh, I think, when Miami beat... Uh, uh, Milwaukee in the first game of the season. It was a pretty high-scoring game for Miami, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for Miami, <laughs> no. But you've seen it a couple times this season still. But by far, the, I think the the league average uh, like points scored in a game is going to go way down, and I think it's in part to also how many free throws are going to be shot per game. Yeah, and I think an important thing with it is we'd see those calls called for players that were notorious for right, mm-hmm. but then and you kind of get that which is always going to be there, but stars are going to get more foul calls, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it kind of evens out the league a little bit. You know, you're, you know, where if the stars aren't getting those calls and they have to get their points the honest way, 
then it evens out the league and it's like not just just because you're James Harden doesn't mean yeah. you get to get to the line 15 times a game no, for sure you get the same calls as everybody else a rookie coming into the league or a six man or whatever mm-hmm. and then ultimately it's just it makes the game more fun to watch because mm-hmm. of that you, you you always hated seeing those fouls go those players way um and so to see less of that is going to be more entertaining uh, for the fan as well. Yeah, I think just, you know, we enjoy seeing in sports hard work and people fighting through things. So I, I want to watch basketball because I know they're better than me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see them get a cheap foul. Yeah, if, if you know line. that as soon as you get contact, you can flail <laughs> up your arms and stop. No, I want to see like, you know, we saw the, you know, when we grew up and we started watching basketball where people are, you know, getting hit or physically are still finishing <laughs> Through traffic, yep. through getting hit, and maybe no foul gets called, but it's like, man, that was impressive. Yeah, where Shaq is going through three people <laughs> yeah. to dunk on the the fourth and fifth. <laughs> yeah, Michael Jordan, who couldn't get to the finals until he bulked up and added an extra 15 pounds yep. because he was getting smashed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I think it's good for the league. Getting a little, We're getting a little bit back to kind of that early 2000s basketball that mm-hmm. we love so much <laughs> yep back to the roots which is good and it and is how you get rid of that because right for probably the last four or five years probably even longer than that since the warriors kind of made it popular where it was the you know i think it was in the upper 80s to 90 percent of points were scored either behind the three-point line or from or within uh three feet yeah. of the basket so and that was because everybody was driving because if you were going to drive you were 90% of the time going to get a foul call. Yeah. So to be, a, I think that's how you balance that out a little bit, start getting on the, introducing the mid range back into the game a little bit more, because I think ultimately those are the things that, uh, add some more fun to the game. Think about, uh, maybe I'm just going off on a rant and a tangent here, but think about some of the more iconic yeah. shots and, uh, things that players had in their bags. Kobe's, turnaround yeah can't block it dirks turnaround yeah unstoppable kareem's uh jump hook was arguably further out than you know at least a layup or anything Mm -hmm. so that's still uh more of a mid-range type of a game things like that where you're you're gonna start bringing back those elements of the game that are more fun to watch and that you think of when you think basketball yeah we we can talk all day about what shots are efficient and and coaches are going to go to that because it is efficient it is to win games but mm-hmm. at the end of the day the reason we watch basketball is because it's fun to watch it's fun to watch and ultimately that's why basketball that's why the nba exists yeah. is for the fan to be able to watch it and have fun yeah so i think that mid-range like you said i've seen luca some this season with a little mid-range a little you know turn around a little bring back the fade which i love you know yep. iconic you know fadeaways in dallas which is nice but it is nice to see at least some versatility not just well i'm gonna i, I think the past few years and I, I think even if you're a houston or a brooklyn fan and when you've seen james harden it's like yes like i can respect it but yeah. i don't want to watch the game i'm sick of seeing a guy shoot the ball from the foul line that i know he's gonna hit the shots too oh yeah there's no question when i'm seeing why am i watching james harden shoot free throws mm-hmm. i know he's gonna hit him he's very good at that yes. there's no doubt of that <laughs> like he's very good at shooting free throws so it's like okay yes obviously i know but like 15 times a game i'm gonna see him shoot the free throw no i'm done with it yeah not not the quite entertaining moment that you were hoping for um so one last thing I want to talk about getting into some of the teams that 
again are sort of underwhelming us this season. Boston's sitting at three and five. Mm. And recently it was stated uh, in his interview, Marcus Smart felt that uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum should be passing the ball more because, and, and to his, uh, his point, he, he had a fair argument that it's going to be every team's uh, defensive plan to get the ball out of their hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, thinking that they should pass more to be able to get other players uh, better looks and things like that. Yeah. Which is, uh, is interesting, but uh, not a count. Is it, is it true? Who knows? I mean, I, I like having the ball in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's <laughs> hands, first of all. Um, I do think in any sport, it's important to trust your teammates. Uh, as far as Mark, Marcus Smart said, that's something you say not in front of a camera. In closed doors. Yeah, you say it in the, the practice room. I think calling out your two biggest stars is not a, not a good way to get them to pass the ball to you. Not exactly. Especially as uh, the team starting point guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you should be worried about getting the ball to those guys. How about that? <laughs> exactly. You should be thinking about how can I get the offense to run a little more smoothly <laughs> and create more opportunities for everybody else. Um, which maybe that's just him kind of trying to figure out his role now as a new, uh, as a starting point guard. Yeah. Not a role that he's been in before um, with this team at least at this uh, stage. So he's trying to trying to find his role, find his fit, and be able to m- lead the team ultimately offensively because that's his job. Yeah. Um, but like you said, that's you, it's got to be behind closed doors. That's, not, that's something that you take up as a team. And to be fair, uh, I think they all said that they did have a meeting uh, together, talked about it, and ultimately they did come out with a win in the next game, which was good. But... Um, just saying that uh, because every team is going to want to get it out of their hands, that means we should get out of their hands. Well, then you're kind of, aren't you playing into <laughs> the team's yeah. uh, wishes there? <laughs> That's kind of what the team wants you to do. You They want it out of their hands. So uh, why would you give the defense what they want? Why, why don't you instead figure out how you can start getting them better looks instead of letting them kind of play ISO or have to find their shot. Yeah. I think there's something to be said when when a certain player is getting doubled. You know, if you got mm-hmm. one star on your team that obviously they're attacking them, then yeah, share the ball. Look for, if you're getting doubled, look for the, the mismatch, look for the open man. But when you have two stars, <laughs> you know, what are they going to do? Double both the players? Exactly. Like, no, play basketball. If you're getting, you know, some coverage. If you have one star, they can definitely clamp down on him. But you have two yeah. stars... And, and you're saying get it out of both of their hands? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, you know, they can pass to each other a little bit more. They can they can work with whoever's open, but I don't know. Also, speaking on just three and five, is Boston ever going to put it together? Man, you got to hope so, right? I, I It was a very interesting move the whole offseason. Brad Stevens becoming the GM mm-hmm. or president of basketball operations, whichever title they're choosing yeah. for him, and hiring a new coach and all that. That was very odd to me because... Brad Stevens, ever since Isaiah Thomas left, hasn't had like, oh my gosh, this guy has put all the pieces together and yeah. everything's looking great that kind of year since then when he's had all of the pieces to do it. Sure, was there some chemistry issues with Kyrie? Okay, that's yeah. one thing was there. Um, but you had Kemba 
I don't know what the chemistry is. You had Kemba coming off of a phenomenal year in Charlotte. And going great in New York this year. <laughs> and is doing great again. So you had that that's uh, uh, kind of a question mark for you. So why did you take that guy who couldn't put those pieces together and then, hey, we want you to make all the, the decisions about basketball going forward? Yeah, it's 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 a puzzling thing because you could argue that the Boston, I know this is a bold statement, but I don't think, I, I think you, they might have over the past six, seven years, the if you look at all the players they've had, the best you know players yeah. play for them. And how many like first round picks that they've had, how many, it, it, yeah, it's crazy. You're talking Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. Gordon Hayward when he was yep. good, Kyrie Irving, Isaiah Thomas, Jalen Brown, uh, Al Horford, mm-hmm. Kemba Walker, uh, you know, now Dennis Schroeder. Like, yep. there's so many good players that have played for them. And why they can't put it together, I have no idea. It's mind-boggling. But I would assume you should have a couple championships by now with the rosters that you've had. You would certainly hope so. Um, last hot take. Mm-hmm. Are the Lakers... Because I, I was legitimately wondering. Ultimately, I went I went the more sane route. Yeah. But when you had when we were talking about uh, who we would drop from the playoffs, the Lakers came to my mind. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Do you think that they can put pieces together or not? I guess it depends on what you're asking for the the overall goal. Will they put the pieces together to be a playoff team? Championship team. Yes. Are they a championship team? No. Oof. They're not a championship team this year. Um. Yeah, unless they can really put it together, which I don't think that we'll have the chemistry the chemistry between Russ and LeBron, and LeBron's getting older. If this was 2013 LeBron, mm-hmm. then he can make anything work. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's the same player that it's like he can make anything work. So I think that they make the playoffs, miss the finals. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, I think the issue, what doesn't work is I think it's because of LeBron. Hmm. Because the reason that LeBron worked with other stars in Miami we be, was because there was no question of who the best player on that team was yeah. and who they were going to turn to. Mm-hmm. And everybody knew it was going to be LeBron, even though like the heart and soul of the team, yes, was Wade because he'd been there. Um, but everybody knew who the who the guy was at the end of the game. Right now, I think everybody looks to LeBron as still that guy, mm-hmm. but LeBron doesn't want to be that guy. LeBron wants AD to be that guy. AD wants Russ to be that guy. Russ expects LeBron to be that guy. Yeah. And everybody just thinks Melo's, I mean, Melo's still good, but he's not the Melo of old who could be that guy. Oh, yeah. So y- you have all of these things on this team that it's like, Who's supposed to take over at the end of the game? You see, you could make the argument, oh, but any anybody could go off at any point. Anybody could do that. But you, no go to, <laughs> you go to Golden State. Go to Golden State. You, you have, especially back in the days of uh, uh, when they had KD um, and, and Draymond was an all-star every year, things like that. You had four all-stars on that team. But at the end of the day, who was the guy of that team? Yeah, Steph, Steph Curry. Curry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the same time. Steph Curry. Yeah. You knew who that guy was. And I think nowadays, uh, on LeBron's last few teams, you don't know who, since he's joined the Lakers, really, you don't know who that guy is. You expect it to be LeBron, but LeBron doesn't want that role anymore. 
Yeah. And I think even you could argue with the Miami Heat team. This is not an argument, but I just, you know, you talked about Wade being his second man. Um, news flashed. Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, <laughs> even combined, aren't in the same stratosphere as prime Dwayne Wade to me. Oof. Wow. That's high praise. Uh, yeah. Uh, Russ is a little bit closer. I mean, he's he averaged a triple-double for like three years in a row. No, I mean, as, as, as Leakers. Okay. Not gotcha, as gotcha, career, gotcha. but okay, as, okay, as okay. the players that are playing as on the, the Lakers this right season. now rostered with the yeah. Lakers. Yeah, oh, let me yeah, clarify sure. that. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, even if you had 2013 LeBron, he's better off with even no Bosch, you know, mm-hmm. just with Dwayne White on his team. And it's, again, an issue to me of, of trying to put the right pieces together. I've argued before, and I'll say it again, I don't think Frank Vogel, Vogel sorry, Frank Vogel yeah. is a uh, elite NBA coach, um, but you have to put the right pieces together mm-hmm. to make it a successful team. And it's just like, oh, hey, these guys are all friends and they're all really good at basketball. Let's put them together and see what happens. Yeah. Instead of, hey, we already have LeBron and AD how can we build a team around them that works? Yeah. She was like, oh, Russ is there. They're good friends. Yeah. <laughs> Watch. I think the Lakers are going to get buried by some team that can shoot the three. I think so. It's basically, because I don't think that they can defend the three. Nope. And they can't shoot the three. So, yeah. They got some players that can shoot the three. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't think Melo is going to win a series for you. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. So, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I, like I said, Hot take. So many good teams, which is not even a hot take, you know. I think yeah. it's I think this is time that that the LeBron's kinda winding down. Yep. So which is sad to see an era the the closing of an era. It's not closed off yet, but uh excited to see where everything is going from here. And I think this is one of the most competitive uh could be one of the most competitive seasons in basketball because we don't know who could be in the finals this year yet so with that being said season's just begun but there's a lot of excitement so far and there's a lot of games left in this 82 season 82 game season (laughs) so we're excited to see how it all unfolds with that being said we want to thank you for listening along listening along with us to this episode of the corner three podcast we had plenty of fun we're glad to be back for season two and uh look forward to all our the rest of our episodes coming out on an all-new day friday mornings uh t g i f (laughs) (laughs) yes friday mornings you'll find us right here on whatever uh your podcast listening platform of choice is you can find us just about anywhere uh on friday mornings we'll post a new episode if you enjoy listening to us please subscribe follow like whatever you can do give us a rating too or uh whether you like us or you don't tell us what you don't like that helps make us better so we're totally cool with it Mm -hmm. or if you really liked us give us a, a good rating good thumbs up and we'll be excited about that as well so thanks again for listening this here has been the pot i got my see i'm out of oh, practice hold on, hold on. i got it wrong thanks for listening this has been the corner three <laughs> <laughs> well i was gonna say to sign us off i'm bailey and i'm andy there we go now this has been the corner three